It's the Eastern Insider Podcast with your host, Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell. Calendar is flipped to the month of June after a lengthy month of May. Welcome inside this edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast. I'm Greg Stenner. I'm Alex Shule. It is a somber podcast, Alex, as it's the final time you and I get to talk on this adventure until we heat things back up in August once more, take a little hiatus for us. But we do have a good show in store for everybody to close it out in style. We do. And we may say somber. Some of our listeners might say celebratory, but uh tomato, tomato, but we appreciate everybody listening all throughout this academic year. And like you said, Greg, a great show to finish it out. We've got two great former athletes in Amanda Kulikowski and Carl Johnson, and we sat down with them to continue our, our few-week series that we've had going on with some of the greatest athletes to ever come out of Eastern Michigan, and those two were certainly great. And from two sports that don't necessarily get the most prominent coverage uh, in the media and whatnot, so to hear from a soccer player and then a men's track and field runner is certainly a great opportunity for our listeners as we head into summer. You look at Amanda and what she did. I mean, she helped her team go to the first NCAA championship for the women's soccer team in Eastern Michigan history. Uh, a Cosida academic All-American in 2001, uh, All-District selection as well. Uh, so she's a great listen to, as, as you get to hear. And then Carl Johnson, uh, on the track side of things, he only holds the third fastest time ever at EMU in the 400-meter hurdles. That comes back in 1987. You figure there's been a long time between 1987 and now, and for that still to hold, that shows Carl Johnson's speed. Two great athletes, and like you said, both trendsetters in their particular sports. Certainly great opportunity to catch up with them. And you talked a little bit about Amanda She's got some great accolades on the pitch, but something I think our listeners should look forward to is that, yes, believe it or not, he might only look about 35, but Scott Hall is entering his 25th season at Eastern Michigan. He was an assistant when she played here at Eastern, and so she's got a few interesting little tidbits and funny stories about Scott Hall, which I know everybody loves to hear. Oh, everybody loves the Scott Hall story. So, Alex, you look back over the course of the year, and before we get to our interviews, you have to think back for the year that was. I mean, there's been so many storylines that have dominated this academic year, from the Quick Lane Bowl to three MAC championships on the athletic side of things, to students doing well in the classroom, to, of course, the, the cancellation of the year through the COVID-19 pandemic. Is there a moment that stands out at you that you'll forever remember about this academic calendar year? I think there's probably two. And the first one is the obvious one, uh, us spending the Christmas holiday in Detroit. And then of course on the 26th playing in the quick lane bowl uh, with football, I think just to see Ford field fill up with the majority of the fans being Eastern Michigan fans and the green and white and seeing the Eagle walk take place right downtown Detroit. Uh, that's one of those, kind of choke you up moments just to see how proud uh, the, the whole region was of Eastern Michigan for that appearance. And then the second one is something, a new tradition that we both got to be a part of this year and see for the first time 
everybody knows about the new Student Athlete Performance Center. For those that don't know, a 12-foot-tall MAC uh, championship replica trophy in there. And one of the new great traditions that we got to start uh, this year with our student athletes is removing the plaque with the number of overall MAC championships and, and placing the new number on when you are a MAC champion. So being at the first ceremony to see our teams take that off, and like you said, we ended up having three uh, teams, two different ceremonies that have gotten to take place thus far. Uh, really an interesting and, and cool tradition that it'll be, it'll be awesome to see kind of bridge the gap and, and see that happen for a long time to come. It was a fun year. We will have plenty more in store for you when we resume activity just before long. We think about things reopening and Eastern will be back at it soon enough. So for Alex Jewell, I'm Greg Stanner saying thanks for tuning in all year long. We appreciate you and we look forward to you doing even more when we come back at you in August. We take our trip this time to the soccer pitch. It's one of the top players in Eastern Michigan school history. A starter for four years from 1998 through 2001. She helped her team to the end first ever MAC regular season, MAC tournament title, and the team's first NCAA appearance. That's Amanda Kulikowski. We are lucky enough to have her on the show. First off, how are you doing in this whole pandemic and everything else that's going on? I'm doing well. Um, I work as a police officer, so uh, I've been uh, working the whole time, and I'm fortunate to be able to uh, help out our community. We certainly salute you and and being able to do that. Uh, Being out there on a day-to-day basis uh, during this time, I can only imagine the things and stresses that you have to deal with. That said, uh, let's take a look kind of back. A lot of people may not know your career a whole lot. You're the career leader in assists. Your second goal scored in points. What led you to come to Eastern to begin with? Uh, I wanted to uh, have a, a great career, and I really uh, appreciated the coaching staff. Uh, when I was recruited, they didn't guarantee a spot on the team, and they required someone to work for their spot, and I thought that was uh, really important. I think it's important to show right away that you care about the work ethic and uh, how you how you play the game each and every day. So that was one of the things that led me. It was also very close to home which um, also I thought would be a good fit for me at that time. Well, Amanda, echoing Greg, first and foremost, we can't thank you enough for what you're doing right now during this pandemic. I know first responders especially are, are giving so much of their, their time to help everybody else out. So we really are appreciative of that. When you think back to your time at EMU, you talked a little bit about the coaching staff and obviously Greg mentioned a, a lot of the success you had. In your eyes though, what's one of, maybe your favorite uh, memories of EMU or something you're most proud of as a player? Uh, one of my favorite memories by far is when we won the MAC championship. Uh, we had a shootout. It was maybe the longest game I've ever played in my entire life. Uh, that was back when they had a couple overtimes uh, before you got to a shootout. I think we were all super tired on both teams and uh, we were able to win in that shootout to uh, capture the championship. So by far um, that's, probably my proudest moment as a uh, soccer player at EMU and still one of the uh, biggest accomplishments in my life. So it's great. At Eastern, we know there's a heavy emphasis on academics. You look back at what your time, you were a college scholar athlete, 
You were a Verizon Academic All-American second team in 2001, and then followed up again with a all-district selection. When you look back at, at academics and what the soccer program's all about, Scott Hall certainly is all about that, but when, what's your best memory of dealing with Coach Hall? Uh, Coach Hall uh, always was very supportive and did uh, mention frequently that uh, academics was the most important and soccer was uh, the, your second most important. He ensured that our team uh, always uh, put, put their studies first and gave us all the tools. Uh, looking back, we had more tools to make us successful than we did not. So I think that um, just the, what he instilled as far as values of study and practice and um, you know, good, good habits overall, is what made our team uh, so successful. Our entire team, I think, was very high academically, at least you know, in the four years that I went there, and I'm sure that's carried on. It's uh, a tradition in, in the soccer program. Certainly Coach Hall, a staple at Eastern Michigan. Last time we had him on the podcast, I mentioned that it was uh, his quarter century mark at Eastern Michigan. He hasn't been back on since, so <laughs> uh, we've got one of his former players on. Uh, instead, you know, looking back at your time at Eastern, Greg just mentioned the, the academic side of things. And obviously, both on the soccer pitch and, and in the classroom, colleges where a lot of uh, kind of those life lessons come into play. How did Eastern specifically kind of get you ready for the next part of your life and, and now your professional career? Um, Eastern allowed me to, um, you know, develop as a person overall, but also um, taught me about commitment and commitment to a team. I think in any work atmosphere, you have a team, and um, that's a great way to uh, kind of parlay your soccer experience right into the work world. Um, you you want to have a successful team around you, your successful people around you. Um, so I've used some of the lessons I've learned in soccer actually uh, in my work life. And um, I don't think, I know for me, I've never lost that competitive edge. I always want to be the best at uh, anything I do. So I think that just um, comes through. Um, and I think that started with athletics, just generally um, uh, a competitive person. And some people view that as a negative, but I think that can be uh, viewed as a positive. It gives you drive in life. As I was preparing for this interview, I, I was searching around and, and found out that you were part of the 35th class of the school and police staff and command leadership that Eastern Michigan hosts. What kind of got you involved in, in wanting to be in law enforcement and, and what all does a program like that entail? Um, part, part of, uh, that was also part of the reason I chose Eastern. They had a criminal justice program. Um, I decided pretty early on in life, probably around 13 or 14, that I wanted to be a police officer um, or something in that field. So I um, chose Eastern for that. And I, I, I missed the question. What did you say? Oh, sorry. Uh, sorry. I, yeah, it, it was just Hopefully kind of, you can edit that. we can edit that out. It was uh, the, the leadership program at, at Eastern and, and being a part of that class and, and just kind of how you got involved in, in being in, in the law enforcement. What was, it was a life moment growing up that was like, that's where I want what I want to do. Um, for law enforcement, I just wanted to uh, do something different every day. I wanted to be able to help people. Um, and I think that had a big uh, driving factor as to why um, I wanted to be a law enforcement officer. I didn't have any watershed moment uh, in my life. I had a great childhood and great parents. Um, but I just think that 
the way I was raised is to help people and always uh, be available for people if, if, if you can. Um, so that's pretty much why I became a law enforcement officer. Um, the School of Staff and Command, that was, that's a leadership program that's run through Eastern um, and it prepares you for uh, further leadership uh, opportunities within your department. Uh, it also gives you a great network of people and ideas uh, to implement at your police department. So um, we believe highly, I work at the Novi Police Department, we believe highly in education and training. Um, so they uh, afforded me the opportunity to attend Eastern Michigan and uh, I was able to get some great leadership uh, skills um, based on that program. You know, this is the first time uh, in my time on the podcast that we've had a former student athlete on from the soccer program. And so yeah, I've, I've kind of wanted to ask some current athletes, but I'm, I'm letting them get through their career. So Scott doesn't, you know, make a pick if, they, if they tell a good story, but I can tell you personally, you know, Scott will come into my office and, and spend about three hours at a time talking about some of his former players and stories. So I'm wondering if there's a story about Scott that you can tell tell us uh, and then maybe I can get them back a little bit. I'll, t I'll tell like the G-rated one. I have another one, but I, it will, we'll stick with the G-rated one because I think it's funny. Um, we were uh, on a trip to Arizona and we had been driving. We had vans back then. And um, Scott had a van and Paul Tinian had a van. And um, we would split the team up and we'd ride together everywhere. We had drove, I don't know if he didn't have Google Maps back then or what, but uh, we had drove, I, it felt like hours to get to the Grand Canyon. We finally got to the Grand Canyon. We did our little tour of the uh, rim of the Grand Canyon. And now everybody's super tired and hungry, so we have to eat somewhere. So we find an Applebee's. Obviously, we have no reservation. We roll in like 35 people deep. And uh, the staff there was like, what? How many? So finally, they found us all seats. They sit us down. We all order off the menu. And uh, everything's good. We, it took hours to eat, too, because there's so many people. So we come out to the vans. We each get in our vans. And uh, unbeknownst to us, Scott never got his dinner. He never got it. And he ordered a steak. So everybody knew he ordered a steak, but nobody knew he didn't get his dinner. So they get back in the vans. And I, I always roll with Paul Tinian. But Scott's van, Tracy Dieter, was way in the back. And he was, like, complaining about it to the front, but she couldn't hear so a couple minutes in, she's like, she's like, hey, Scotty, how was your steak? And I guess he just saw red and just like went off on her. So it was, it was pretty funny. So they did a reenactment for uh, Paul Tinian's van after the fact. It, it, was a, it was a good time. It was pretty funny. That's outstanding. Scott likes his meals, so I'm sure he was not happy about that. Yeah, he was, that was not a happy moment for him. Looking for a ride? Trinity Transportation has the vehicle for you. From luxurious motor coaches to cozy sedans, Trinity Transportation is prepared to take you to your destination. Check out their fleet of vehicles at trinitytransportation.com or call 877-284-4200 to book today. That's trinitytransportation.com or 877-284-4200. Trinity Transportation, the official transportation provider of Eastern Michigan Athletics. We return to the track on this episode of the Eastern Insider Podcast with the man who holds the third fastest time in Eastern Michigan in the 400 hurdles in the outdoor, 50.76 seconds in 1987. He owns the fifth fastest time, the 200 hurdles on the indoor side. That's none other than Carl Johnson. Welcome into the podcast and 
And first off, how are you holding up uh, in this pandemic and, and everything else that's going on? Oh, thanks for having me on. I'm doing good. Um, I'm working from home, been working from home for the last month and a half now. Yes. Uh, so I'm at home, quarantined just like everybody else. So I'm doing good. That's good. We we're glad to hear that you're hanging in there and, and uh, staying safe. We want to start off with, with kind of your backstory and tell the, the folks that may not be familiar with your career, but what kind of led you to come to, to Eastern Michigan and, and, and find yourself hot and heavy in, in the, the really fine tradition that is Eastern Michigan track? Well, oh, I was thinking about this last night, and to, quite honestly, I don't remember being recruited by Eastern. I remember I saw Eastern run uh, my senior year in high school. We had our senior state meet from New York at the Carrier Dome in Syracuse. And I, the first time I ever saw or heard about Eastern Michigan, they were there for the NCAA, indoor NCAA championships. I saw them run, but I never really spoke to the coach. And then I guess out of the blue, Parks, either one of Parks, Parks or one of his assistant coaches called me up over the summer saying that he was interested in having me come to Eastern and that he's going to send me my letter of intent. He sent it, I signed it, and that's where it all started. Well, that's where it started. When you think back to your time at Eastern, Greg obviously already went through some of the fantastic accomplishments that you had. From your personal perspective, maybe what's your most proud accomplishment or a favorite memory that you have from your time in Ypsilanti? Uh, I mean, there's a few that I thought about. From a, from a team standpoint, obviously, it was just the team members that I ran with, the guys and the friendship that I built. Uh, from a track standpoint, uh, man, there's a few of them that I could think about. One of them was, uh, he mentioned the hurdles, uh, the second fastest time in the hurdles. I normally double up with the 400 meter, the open 400 and the hurdles at the MAC meet. And, you know, Parks, Coach Parks threw me into the 400, but I wasn't really expected to win. Or, so um, I ended up winning that event at my, on my, my, I think it was my junior year at the MAC meet with the time of 50.76. Uh, the funny thing is, uh, from I ran the 400 before the 400 meter hurdles, and my stride pattern was always off if I just ran the hurdles by itself. But the fact that I ran the 400 before the 400 meter hurdles, it put my stride pattern, you know, at a perfect situation for me, and I end up winning the race with like 100 meters to go. So I think that's what that was one of my best uh, memories. Uh, another one is when I qualified for indoor NCAA. Uh, that was held in Oklahoma City. Uh, I was the sole representative for Eastern Michigan that year, uh, my sophomore year, and I end up, ended up becoming the 10th person in the entire nation for the 500 meters, the open 500 meters. And then the last one is when we got All-American honors by breaking the school record in the four by 400 meter relay. And then we placed fifth at the outdoor NCAA championship my, um, my senior year. So those three were probably a bit the top ones. I mean, there were some other ones that I could think about, but those are the ones that stood out the most for me. You look back and you mentioned that you anchored that 4 by 400 team uh, that, that holds both the indoor varsity record and the outdoor varsity record. All these years later, they've stood the test of time. You had a really great coach that was able to, to get you 
and, and Bob Parks right now is, is a guy that's up for the state of Michigan Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that a lot of people – that he maybe gets the due that he should for as good of a coach that he was. When you look back, what's kind of your, your best Bob Parks story or memory that, that you have? Uh, coach Parks was a, he was a track historian. If anybody knows Parks or ran with Parks or been around Coach Parks, he could tell you stories about track from way back when, from the Gordon Minty days and their, their Hayes de Crawford days. And those stories he could, the, the, the fact that he knew everything, he could tell you the time that they ran, what event they ran, and then just tell you stories about every single athlete. So I think that was my that was one of the biggest things that um about Bob Parsons that I remembered. And that's the simple fact that he knew how to find talent. I mean, he would go around the world and find talent. He found me, and I didn't really know about Eastern Michigan, but he knew he found talent, and then he with that talent, he was able to put it together. And, and make a cohesive team to where we ran. Obviously, we, we, we won all those MAC championships. Uh, someone always went to the NCAAs, either outdoor, outdoor, in place. So the fact that he, he was so much of a track historian and the fact that he knew how to find talent and put that team together and keep that team together, to me, was, was, was a, a great thing about Coach Parks. Well, and you think about the track legacy that Eastern Michigan has. And certainly Eastern's been competitive in the MAC and on the national scale in a lot of sports, but I think maybe track and field above all else historically. When you think about that track tradition, whether it's all the Olympians that Eastern's had or the, the prominence on the national scale or, or whatever it may be, what makes EMU such a good place to, to come and run? Because even to this day, uh, incredibly competitive track teams every year. I think the fact that, uh, at least in my era, there were no egos on the team. You knew who you are. You knew how you run. You know what your strengths and your weaknesses were, and you just fit in. Um, track at Eastern is very, very competitive, at least when I was there. Practices were competitive. So you had to be on your A game in practice, and obviously throughout the meets, there were guys that, you know, that ran pretty good times that didn't even make the team when I ran in, in from 84 to 88. So just a simple fact, like I said, Parks knew how to find talent and the talent that he brings in was competitive talent that made you do your very best. Um, so, and I think that legacy still holds on. I mean, even now when we go, when I go back and I watch the track meets, it's the same legacy that Coach Parks started that is carried on even, even until now. So much of college is the life lessons that you learn and the experiences that you gain. Looking back now, how did Eastern really help prepare you for what was life after sports? Like I mentioned, the teamwork was great. Um, Everybody on the team worked together. So you know how to work with individuals. Uh, That obviously, some of us were not from the same background, but we learned how to work together. Uh, there were no egos. Like I said, everybody knew where, what, you know, where they fit in on the team and what they contributed. And they know that you, you have to be competitive uh, because everybody was, had one goal in mind, and that was winning. Uh, so from that standpoint, that was great. And again, just from a competitive aspect, uh, I mean, I use some of those cases now in my everyday life of being prepared, um, being there on time, and giving your very best when you go to meets and even in practice. 
So for, for our listeners that don't know, give us a little update. We kind of started at the beginning of your journey through college. What, uh, what are you up to these days? And um, kind of how are, you, uh, how are you spending your time nowadays? <laughs> well, I graduated from Eastern I, 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 in industrial technology. Um, I've been working as an engineer ever since I graduated. Uh, I work for, Ford, um, for Chrysler and GM. I'm currently working as a, as a lead, a global manufacturing engineer for, for a company called Bain Incorporated, um, where I get to travel around the world. I'm, I'm in charge of a bunch of different plants around the world, and I get to travel around the world and work on uh, manufacturing projects with these plants. So I'm working, staying busy. I'm a dad. I, I have a son and a daughter. My son graduated from Eastern. He's married and he lives in Texas. My daughter graduated from Howard University and she's on her own. Uh, I have a grandson, so I'm living life. Um, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, thanks to Eastern Michigan Oper- uh, University for giving me the opportunity to come here. Uh, and I've been, I'm still local. I live in Ypsilanti, so I've been here ever since. Well, that'll do it for another edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast. Remember, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, or emueagles.com. Until next week, stay safe.